ladies and gamers. Andy here, day 146. It's the Inner Winner Show. And we're going to get nerdy as fuck today. So on the previous episode, or a couple of episodes ago, I made a very brief mention of Doom Eternal. And one of the Patreons, one of my Patreons said, that's funny that you're trying to appeal to the gamer market, like you're breaking into a new market. And I said, like, just wait until I drop the episode where I talk about how much I fucking love Counter-Strike, CSGO. And I thought, what the hell? This is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while. I just, there's so much that I can talk about here because I fucking love this game. And I thought, what the hell? Like, there's no point me continuing to prepare. I've been waiting for the right moment. I've been waiting to, like, build up. Because, like I said, I have a hell of a lot to write. I've written, like, fucking five pages worth of notes for this fucking... This is going to be, like, a three-part series, most likely. But I thought, what the hell? Now is the best time. He's just made that comment. He's a Patreon. He's very fucking loyal. He's one of my coaching clients as well. I love the dude. So I was like, fuck it. Like, you want nerdy? You want gamer shit? Here we go, boy. Let's fucking get stuck in, gamers. On that note... If you do have questions that you want me to answer on a podcast, join my Patreon, just like he has, and you can ask me questions, and I usually do a podcast, or I will always do a podcast about whatever questions you have, any stuff you're struggling with, if you need advice, any of that sort of stuff. And at the higher tiers on my Patreon, you even get a coaching call, a free monthly coaching call. So that's at patreon.com forward slash kill your inner loser, and I'll also leave a link in the show notes below to that. So Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike. Why the fuck do I love Counter-Strike? I don't know. I know why I love it now. I don't know why I started. There was a point probably like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, when I I played a bunch of like games. I loved Half-Life. I loved Half-Life to bits. I loved Half-Life 2. I fucked around a little bit with Counter-Strike at the time. It was just a mod for Half-Life. It was called CS 1.6. I fucked around with that a little bit. I got into it. I really liked Counter-Strike Source, which was the next game. And if you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about right now, don't worry, I'll explain everything. I'm just kind of giving you the intro. And then there was a follow-up game, a third in the series called Counter-Strike Go, CS Go. That's the main game that we're going to talk about today. Uh, So I've always kind of liked the game Counter-Strike. I've followed the scene. And when I say the scene, oh, wait till we talk about that. Some of you guys will be thinking, why is he talking about this nerdy little video game? What do I give a shit about that? If you don't know, there's an entire fucking massive scene around this game. Some of you will know there's a scene around like Dota. There's obviously a a competitive scene with League of Legends. There was an old scene with StarCraft. Some of you will know about other like less, uh, like more niche ones like Smash. um, What else? Street Fighter, Rocket League. How niche do we want to go? Anyway, the point is there are competitive like leagues, I guess you would call them, or scenes, competitive professional scenes esports scenes with a lot of video games that a lot of you or most people 99.9% of people would have no fucking idea you'd be like wait what people play video games like competitively like I kind of knew that was a thing you have no idea how much of a thing that is we're going to talk about that in a second but it's like multi-million dollar prize money at tournaments like huge production crews stadiums full of people watching like this shit just has absolutely blown up in the last probably 10 years but definitely the last eight especially with Counter-Strike in particular so that's how I kind of got into the game. I played it as a kid. I really liked it. It's a really amazing game. I'll talk about that in a second, why I like the game itself. But I kind of just followed the professional scene as that started building up. And just like with people who follow any sport, it becomes more about the scene itself than the actual sport for a lot of us, for a lot of people that that follow a sport. And 
I've never been one of those people who's gotten obsessed with like one particular team because I think you're selling yourself short and it's it's adorable to me that that's how most people look at sports. They just pick a team and they're like, I'm a fan of this team and they never look outside of that team. It's like you're stuck in the forest. You can't, you're stuck in the trees. You can't see the forest for the trees. There is so much you can garner from any sport in particular. I've just chosen Counter-Strike because I, I, I just fell into it and I like it. But any sport, especially something like fucking basketball, man, you can learn so much from different teams, different coaches, different uh, players themselves. Like you could learn a lifetime of life lessons and self-improvement knowledge from Michael Jordan or Kobe. Or any of those kind of people, right? The people who got to the top, you can figure out how did they get there? What what aspects of their life can I take? How can I apply that to my own life? What knowledge can they give me? Same as like great coaches, like fucking Phil Jackson. We're talking specifically about basketball here. If you want to talk about a different sport like baseball, you can look at that Moneyball guy. I forgot who the fuck his actual real name is in real life, but that movie that stars Brad Pitt called Moneyball, you can learn a hell of a lot from that. That is the ultimate fucking underdog story. That turned the entire baseball professional league on its head. If you want to talk about tennis, Jesus Christ, how much could we talk about Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and Mr. Rafael Nadal? Those three people have been at the peak of their fucking sport. They have dominated it for the last 16 years. They have basically won everything and nobody else in the entire world has been able to fuck with them with the possible exception of Andy Murray who did it for a couple of years, but that I don't really count that. It's basically the three of them for the last 16 years have been beating only each other and they have been competing for the the championships just themselves, just those three people. How do you, especially as Roger Roger Federer, who came into the sport at like, what? He was like fucking 18 or something. No, he was younger than that when he he first came in. But he was a young fucking kid. He's now an old fucking man. He's older than me. And he's still killing it and destroying everybody else in the world. You say the same about Rafael Nadal. He's a fucking old cunt at this point. He's just hustling like crazy. Novak Djokovic is Mr. Just fucking consistent. Those three people, you can learn so much from those three guys. And at some point I will do an entire podcast on lessons you can learn from Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and Rafael Nadal, because they're three entirely different people with incredibly different philosophies about how they've become the best. They all have completely different approaches to success. And it's amazing that all three of their approaches have worked and not only worked, but worked at the same time as each other. Remember, everybody else in, okay, most sports, but especially in tennis, if you have an era, you're the best and you beat everybody else, and you're kind of on top, and everybody else is below you. These three motherfuckers had to compete against each other, and they still had an era. That never happens. It is so fucking impossibly hard to be the best when the other, when number two and number three are as good as you. Imagine staying on top for fucking like 10 years between the three of them, 15 years if you can't like Roger Federer. How the fuck do you even do that? In somewhere, in a, in a, a competition that is that fucking crazy competitive. You're playing against the two other best players of all time at the same time. All three of you are the three best players of all time. You've won the most championships of all time, the most Grand Slams. How the fuck does that even happen? And how do you, the fuck do you keep up that consistency, all three of you? So I'm deviating here. I'm sidetracking. I will at some point do a big podcast about that because there are so many life lessons you can learn from each one of them. They've all had comebacks. They've all had injuries. They've all had to deal with like, you know, mental hurdles and all that sort of stuff. They've had to deal with each other. So I'll, I'll talk about that at some point. 
And that is part of why I love Counter-Strike. Part of why most people like any sport, if they can pull themselves back from the usual like, oh, I'm obsessed with this team and I don't want to hear anything else about anyone else but this one team. If you can pull yourself back a little bit and start looking at it more in terms of like, what life lessons can I learn from the entire game? Is there anybody in any other team who has something that I could learn? Are there any amazing coaches? Are there any amazing players? What about the sport itself? If you can pull yourself back from it, there are so many life lessons to learn from sports or any competition, really, because sports and competition are war in a way. That's how we fight our wars. And when you're trying to be the best, man, isn't that what we're all here for? Isn't that what you listening to this podcast? Aren't you here to be the best or at least to be better than you were? Maybe you don't want to be the best, but you sure as fuck don't want to be who you were, right? Sports are an amazing way to learn a million life lessons from people who are right in the middle of self-improvement. The definition of sport is self-improvement. You are trying to be better than you were before and better than people around you, but especially better than you were before. That's everybody's on their own grind, their own journey. You're all trying to beat the past you. You're beating you from yesterday and you're hoping tomorrow I will be even better than I am today. So I take a step to the side here and I talk about Counter-Strike itself. Because I don't just love Counter-Strike for that side of things, for the life lessons, for the underdog stories, for the self-improvement, because you can pretty much love any sport for that stuff. Every single sport has that stuff. I think to some degree, I like Counter-Strike for the same reason that someone would say they like basketball or baseball. You like the competitive aspect and you probably just grew up playing it or you probably just grew up with that in your life and that's why you love it. That's why I love Counter-Strike. That's a big reason because I just always played it. But it's not just that. I think I also like the mind game aspects or the mind aspects of Counter-Strike. Because if you don't know, Counter-Strike is a first-person shooter. It's a, it's a clicky, clicky, bang, bang. You click the mouse button, you go bang, 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 you shoot people in the head. It's a first-person shooter. But it is so much more than that. If you called it a first-person shooter, you would be absolute, that would be like calling Dota a fucking right-click button game. Or StarCraft, you know, I just click my right mouse button. That's what the game is. It's so much more than that. It's incredibly tactical, like chess. I could do a fucking 10-hour podcast on the tactics of Counter-Strike and how damn tactical the game is. Every round that you play is like a puzzle or a round of poker, I guess. You have strategies, you have executes, you have players who have specific roles, you have an in-game leader who calls strategies on the fly, You have pre-planned strategies that you guys have practiced like thousands and thousands of times over as a team. It's a team game. So there are five of you per team and you play against other teams of five. There are coaches, there are strategy people, there are sports psychologists. Like the organizations, the teams are fucking multi-million dollar organizations, like, like huge fucking organizations, just like in sports. The tournaments themselves are glitzy as fuck. Um, less so with COVID because everything's been shut down, but their million dollar prize money tournaments, like that's a common thing, like a million dollars in total prize money for this tournament for the winners. The stadiums are full of people watching. There's massive production crews. One of them even went on TV as in one of the tournaments was like shown on TV as a league for like a few weeks or a couple of months or whatever. Um, The game regularly breaks Twitch records for the most concurrent viewers of anything. So there's a tournament called E-League that regularly gets over 1 million concurrent views at their peak. So that's 1 million people watching at one point in time, which is just fucking insane to me because it's a fucking video game. But man, it's fucking, it's so, it's, if you guys like sit down after this podcast and watch 
like a game, you'd be like, holy shit, this is more than just like shooting the opponents. Like there are so many tactics going on that it's just going over my head. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I understand you have to kill the enemy and shoot all of their five players and kill them. But there's like five other ways to win around. There's like 50 different strategies going on. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a second. And I don't want this whole podcast to just be about the game. I'm trying to give you some background into why I like the game and why I follow it. And then we're going to take a step back and talk more about some actual self-improvement stuff because that's the purpose of my podcast. It's my mission in life is to improve and to get other people to improve as many people as I possibly can. There's a hell of a lot of self-improvement aspects in this game. There's a hell of a lot of underdog stories that I think you guys are really going to like. And there are a hell of a lot of like life lessons we can take from people who play this game or people who are coaches of people who play this game, stuff like that. So this game is big. People on salaries, uh, like there's regularly people on like 50, 60,000 US dollars per month, per month, per month. These cunts are getting paid this much money on top of prize um, winnings from tournaments and then on top of sponsorships and stuff like that. So it's, it's a f- big fucking thing right now. It's incredibly fucking big. It's been big for the last like 10 years, but it's, it's absolutely building every single year. And in a, in a space where, because most esports games don't last that long. They really don't last more than a couple of years. This game has been around since 2003. That was when the game first came out. It was an esports game from like 2009 onwards, roughly. So it's been there for like 11 years, which is like four or five times what most uh, what every other game lasts. They just don't last. And part of the reason that this one lasts so long is because of all the depth that it has to it. Teams are constantly coming out with new meta. It's evolving all the time. There's always new strategies, new maps, updates to the game, stuff like that. I know some other games, for those of you who are nerdy and and follow some games like I do, I know that like Dota and League of Legends, they get updated as well, but they don't get entirely new maps. And part of the reason why Counter-Strike is so exciting is because there's seven maps at any one time, as in seven different maps. And a map is just another way of saying like the area you play the game in or if we're talking about normal sports, you would call that the field or the court, the basketball court or the hockey field or the, the pitch, the cricket pitch, the area, the space in which you play the game. Counter-Strike has seven different ones of them that a team can pick from and they have like a pick, like one team will say, this is our map, we, we want to play on this. And the other team will say, okay, we pick this map and then they can veto maps that they don't want to play. They get to like vote which map are we going to play on. And every six months or so, they switch one of the maps out. The, the game developers come in, they take a map out, and they put a new one in. So it's constantly fresh. It's constantly being updated. There are no other sports that I can think of off the top of my head that are like that. Imagine tennis, but, I mean, tennis kind of has it because you have clay grass and synthetic glass, uh, grass and, you know, hard court, rebound ace, all that kind of stuff. So maybe tennis is the closest to it, but the, the court hasn't changed. Just the material, the surface of the court has changed. Imagine football, American football or basketball or something, but you have seven different courts or seven different fields, but not just different, like entirely fucking different, like unrecognizable from the other ones with different strategies, entirely different ways of playing. Everything is different. Like what a fucking head fuck that would be. So this game is incredibly fucking complex. That's without me even starting to talk about different strategies. Um, how you can fuck with your opponents, how it's like a game of poker or chess. I really do think of it as chess. You're always trying to think what your opponent is going to do and you want to be several steps ahead of them. There are mind games. There are ways of faking the opponent just like you do in poker or chess. 
there are ways of trying to read your opponent and figure out what they're doing. Um, most of the game, it's there's a, there's a each round lasts for like two minutes, like, and if you win that round, you get a point. First person to like sixteen points wins. That's the general gist of the game. But each round, it's not like a normal first-person shooter or a normal computer game, like a video game that you would play. You don't just like run towards the opponent and like click and go bang, 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 you're dead. There is like a certain amount of the first half of the round, and sometimes it's most of the round, where you play defensive. Both of you play defensive and you're not rushing in. It's almost like you're hiding from each other. You're, you're playing a game of like hide and seek in a way. You're trying to get a read of what you think your opponent is doing and where they might be because you don't know where they are and they don't know where you are. And so you have to like walk really quietly because your footsteps make sound and people will hear you. You can, there's different types of grenades that you can use. There's a smoke grenade, so it'll blow up a big plume of smoke. There's a flashbang grenade, so it'll blind the enemies. There's normal grenades that blow up and damage the enemy. You kind of, you will use those grenades to try and mask where you're going to go, but also to try and fake where you're going to go and to try and fuck with the enemy. And so it's this really interesting game where for the first, like, you know, at least the first half of every single round, there's this, like, hide-and-seek game going on. Like, where are you and where's my team? And you have, like, strategies that you'll talk and you have, like, obviously they're, they're communicating. The, the players are communicating to each other the entire time, which doesn't happen as much in something like, you know, basketball or uh, American football. I mean, you kind of do, but not to the level that you do with these guys. This is like very tactical, almost like you're in the military or something. You're just constantly giving tactics and saying like, I'm over here, this person's over here. I heard a footstep over here. You know, throw this grenade over there to distract them. Okay, they've just thrown this grenade here. Do we think that that's a fake or do we think that's real? There are so many, there's so much depth with just in the round, how much you're fucking with the opponents. That's before you've even like clicked the mouse button and tried to shoot each other. And then there's like an insane amount of depth once you actually start fighting. You can also sometimes ignore all that depth that I just said. Some teams will just go like, fuck it, let's just run straight at them right this second because that never happens. That's going to be our like weird little fake. So there's this like constant game of like, I have to do what they're not expecting me to do, but then what if they're reading ahead and they know that I'm not going to do what they want me to do? So should I like triple bluff? There's there's so many fucking mind games. It really does remind me of like chess and poker and stuff like that. It's really fucking fascinating to watch. And then on top of that, the players themselves are just ridiculously skilled at the game. They can do like bullshit with the mouse and just like, it looks insane. Even when you watch it, you're like, how the fuck are you that good at a video game? This is disgusting. That's without any of the strategies or, you know, poker stuff on top of it, the chess stuff. Man, I fucking love this game. You can tell I fucking love this game because it's 17 years old at this point in time. This game is 17 years old. Find me another game that lasts for 17 years. The only ones I can think of is stuff like StarCraft and, you know, shit like that. Maybe some, maybe Quake. There you go. But Quake is nowhere near as popular as Counter-Strike. Nowhere near as popular. The game has seen three different iterations. So as in they've made new games, like they've literally released a new game three times now. And it's still like ridiculously popular. Holy shit, I love this game. I think you can tell. i tell you what I might do. I was going to, because I'm going to split this podcast up. I think what we'll do is I will leave it there and then I will release another part two where I talk about the actual people in the scene. And this is where it's going to get really good because I'm going to talk about some of their philosophies because a lot of them are very vocal about their philosophies. Two people in particular 
especially one in particular who has an entire YouTube channel with like 300,000 subs or something. And he's just been doing this for like five years. He talks about his philosophy in life, in the game, stuff like that. So I will leave that for tomorrow's podcast. I will talk about that shit. I think you guys are really going to love that because you can see how excited I am about the fucking game itself. And that's not even the exciting part. It's the people in it, the self-improvement lessons we can learn from them, the underdog stories that I think you guys are really going to love. I'll give you a hint. There's a lot of ideas that these people have that I have the exact same idea, like taking yourself seriously, going all in, not letting failure be an option, that kind of shit. So part two will be out tomorrow. Yeah, I think you guys are going to love it.